And we're back. Uh, the Two Beers Please podcast here with your co-hosts, Yannick and Matt. Uh, we talked all the first hour about the NFL draft, and we're going to hit some different topics this hour. We're going to hit um, the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and some international soccer uh, news. But before we get there, Matt, what are you drinking on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Tuesday? It is a it is a beautiful Tuesday. You're not Great. you're not wrong with that amount of that's the appropriate amount. It would see you know it might seem excessive. It's not. It's the the, the proper amount of Tuesday of beautifuls uh, because it's a beautiful Tuesday. Uh, I got a Sapporo. I was uh, okay. I got the uh, O'Hare yesterday and uh, my plane got delayed, so I went to the sushi place. Not the sushi place that Derby wanted to go to. Sorry, Derby, different one, <laughs> but. Uh, they they had a support and I was like, you know, I forgot how much I, I like this beer. So nice simple support on a beautiful Tuesday. Also, you know, we had to spend that much time on the draft. The draft is our it's our most, you know, treasured topic. Yeah, it is it is the birthright of of this podcast to just talk listen, if we don't talk at least an hour about the draft, then who are we? We talked two and a half hours the first time we did it. So <laughs> So listen, uh, they're pretty cool. Oh, oh, you know, there's some lessons that you learn in doing things. It takes a little bit of time. I think that was a quickly one. We were like, so maybe we don't do that much talking. Did we just debate the 23rd pick in the draft for like 20 minutes? <laughs> like the Why? fourth pick for the Jets, who are still going to be two and 15 next year, no matter who they took. Oh my god. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, good Trial time. Trial and error. Trial and error. That was an error. Um, I am drinking a nice summer summer brew. It is this Sloop Juice Juice Bomb IPA. I've had it before. I love that one. It's so, so great. Uh, you know, it, it's it's actually, you know, by Sloop Brewing Company, which is stationed in New York and New Hampshire. So a nice northeastern IPA. And it's got this nice summer kind of situational... Uh, you know, can design going on, which is nice. That's one. That's one you can find on draft and like, I, I I'd say decently frequently in, in in like regularly in New York. Yeah, I think you can find that at Smithfield. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can. Um, let me just do a little for the fans. A little uh, cracker. Oh yeah. There you go. I already opened mine. Yeah, he's also Sapporo has Sapporo has kind of that weird like can and weird top, so it doesn't it doesn't give you quite as satisfying of a yeah of a click. That's fair. Click? That's fair. Of an open. I don't know. of a of a oh, whatever whatever that noise is. That was that was solid. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. That was really I, good. I'm not gonna lie. I went into making that noise not knowing what I was gonna do. I have never made that right. noise before, and I thought, well, what does it sound like? And I came we up with it. I could tell. I could tell that it was one of those scenarios where you're like, I'm gonna try and make the sound. <laughs> and the thing with those things are they're risky because sometimes it will be so off, and you'll you hit it, dude. Yeah. Well name done. that. Name that. Hidden talent. It. Thank you. Um, yeah, so let's get let's move on quickly. Uh, the NHL playoffs starts up here. Uh, not starts up. It, it it started up last night, as Matt said, uh, last ep- at last hour of the episode. Uh, you know, a lot of high scoring games, a lot of teams coming out making their mark. Matt, you know, I know we said we haven't paid too much attention, uh, but we did some research. Now, who do, who's your favorite to come out of the East and the West uh, in this year's NHL playoffs? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it it is a sport that like I always am kind of poor. I thought I think I did a little bit better this year because after I went to the wild game and like you know you see you see something live you do get a little more invested in it. We're gonna have to try to Rangers games are always so expensive, but we we'll, we should try and get to get to one of those because I, I think like once you watch a sport more too, you're kind of it, it helps it more like for you to like want to be invested. Um, but come playoff time, it like you can't help but watch because it's just it's so entertaining. You never know who's going to win, who's going to make a run. Uh, I mean, the Canadians a couple of years ago almost ended ended their drought. Uh, we got you know the Lightning, a two-time defending champ, trying to be the first team since since the New York Islanders to win three in a row. Islanders did four in a row from 1980 to 83. Uh, so you know uh, it, it's one two that like feels 
like the Panthers have been uh, the Panthers and the Avalanche, I'd say have been the two best teams throughout, but as always with the playoffs, it, you'd, you'd be foolish to kind of just totally expect them to go through. I, I am picking the Avalanche to, to make it at the end. Uh, and, and then maybe this has something to do with last night, but gosh, the, the Hurricanes really, really impressed me. Um, and, and they've been strong all year. But I think to do that to a team like Boston, I know I know this isn't the, the, the strongest of Bruins sides, but you said it. They're, they're a team that's always in the playoffs, and, and, and no matter what, they're going to give you a fight. So I know it's only one game, long series. The Bruins might win the next four and shut me up, but, but I was really impressed with, with the Canes last night. So I'm going to go Canes from the East and, and Avalanche from the West. Love that. Yeah, I know. The Canes has impressed the hell out of me. I, I like... I was expecting the Bruins this to be the easy, not easy series, but the less competitive series and then get knocked out later because you're right. It's not as strong of a team. Um, I hate to do this, but like when you're back to back champ, I got to pick you as a favor. I don't care what happened in that first game. So I got to I got to pick the lightning. I got to pick the lightning. You know, I got to think that they're either at least going to make it a series and, and, and try to. And you're right. The Maple Leafs, you said this earlier the maple leaves loves to choke so um i i think that that is something that will come into play and uh they they've been there more than any other teams so i think i gotta i gotta pick them to make it to the cup especially since the first year that they won they were the clear favorite and it was almost like a foregone conclusion that they were going to win when uh the second year there were a lot of great teams that they still got past and still somehow ended up on top and so and, and this kind of feels like that year again so i'm not saying they're going to win it all I'm actually not picking them to win it all, but I think they will get there out of the East uh, and out of the West. Uh, see, I, I just want to say this, by the way, it'd be really impressive too, like if they do the three in a row, because this is the first year that it's actually like the nor- back to the normal format of the playoffs because of, right. of how COVID impacted the Stanley Cup playoffs the last two seasons uh, so he- so heavily. Um, so it'd be pretty impressive for them to like do it again in like that normal sort of standard again and kind of, you know, it would it would be. Uh, quite a cherry on top of, of, of stuff like you, you couldn't take anything away from a team that, that did that. Yeah, no, that's fair. And uh, I'm sure they have that in their mind as well. You know, it's like, OK, well, we're back to normal. Can we win it in the normal? And they definitely can. And uh, out of the West. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. Avalanche, for sure. They've been knocking out on the doors for a while here. You know, all of those years of, of dominance from the Golden Knights, they were the, always the, like the second best team. Now you have Rantanen on an absolute tear, 92 goals. Um, just really ridiculous stats, uh, and 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 you have Nate McKinnon, who is a star like like any other, uh, like a Connor McDavid, and 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 like a Brad Marchand, and like any other team has a star. He is the star. Uh, they're clicking like never before. It's their year, I think, to get the cup, and I'm predicting Avalanche Lightning and Avalanche beating the back-to-back champs to win uh, the Stanley Cup. That's kind of what I'm assuming, and with that. I'll kind of give you my playoffs MVP. I'm picking Nate McKinnon uh, as the Avalanche MVP. I think if he's going to beat the Lightning and they're going to make it through, I think he's going to need to be the star that we know he is. Uh, sometimes the stars in the regular season don't show up as much in the playoffs, but he's going to need to, I think. So Nate McKinnon's my playoffs MVP pick. Who, what about you? Who, are you? who are you seeing as the most valuable player this NHL offseason? I don't know how many times we've we've picked, especially at the beginning of the playoffs, the same champion in in any sport, let alone just the NHL, because the NHL it seems you know the most erratic playoff wise. But I, I I agree with you like in everything you like. I have nothing more to add to the Avalanche because I agree with you in every way. Like they they've they've been a team that that has been one of the best over the last few years and have have got not gotten it done in the playoffs. So they certainly will have to prove that. But this year particularly, they just feel like they. Like as good as the Panthers have been to, to me and and the, the short kind of like anytime I have checked on, it's always been like, damn, the Avalanche are, are like killing people and, and playing, playing really, really well. Uh, my, my player, our MVP is Kale Maker for them in the defense mm-hmm. uh, all-star for them this year. I, I just think in, in a, such a highly goal like scoring year, I think it was like 6.3 goals per game. And we saw how high scoring it was even last night. Every winning team scored four goals or more. But on the on the the uh, you know flip point of that, the losing team like those other games were very close. Like I, I, there was four uh, three between Oilers and Kings, but otherwise it was like four one five zero. So I think having being able to to shut down some of those high flying offenses will help that Avalanche help Nate McKinnon you know run teams down even more. Like I, I think the Avalanche could have a really impressive run to the Cup. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think it's going to all turn out, you know, now that we've said it, we probably doom them to a first round exit. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, so sorry, Avalanche. we're so sorry. You had everything going for you. And then this we is, open our dumb mouths and uh, you never this do is that. a real uh, test test run. And, and yeah, our yeah. Uh, combined our combined ability to, to pick champions. No, for sure. Um, but yeah, and I think, you know, we talked about the NHL playoffs being low-key this year. Not low-key, just kind of sneaking up on us. I think there's also something to be said um, that about, like, there was a COVID shutdown kind of mid-season that really shut down the league for a long, long time while football and basketball continued to find a way through. So I think that kind of took some of the steam out of it as well, is that there was, like, a good month there where they weren't playing when they should have been. So... Um, you know, I'm glad that they Olympics, it's all, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of stuff. So I'm glad that they persevered and they are kind of, um, making their way through and, uh, you know, getting these playoffs done because the playoffs is always the best part of the hockey season. And, uh, I'm glad that they're able to do it despite the COVID problems they've had. And yeah, we're excited to go. I'm, I'm obviously rooting for my Bruins, uh, you know, not as close of a fan as I am the other teams in my fandom, but I'm definitely uh, play, come playoff time. I'm I'm wearing that Bruins shirt uh, as much as I can. The first game was not great. Not gonna lie, it was uh, <laughs> it was Dude, the first game of the Bruins wild. series and the first of the Wild, first of the Celtics series. All bad, uh, but you know, you know how you become uh, a quick diehard fan. You watch a team at negative eight degrees. They got their ass moved by the Blues then when I saw them. And they got their ass kicked even more last night um it's not a good it's not a good matchup for them they finished higher in the standards but like anytime they played it seemed like the blues were the better team but blues the blues obviously and maybe it's just because how much they they beat down the wild but they're a team to me that could could make a run like from that three seed could make a run to, to the stanley cup finals right and the maple leafs are a team that i mean if they knock out the lightning in the first round they could they could win it all easy they could Dude, run i the always table. have a soft spot for the maple leafs mostly because i think their year is very is very fresh and then, like, they haven't won. They're, they got, they're a team that has great history and hasn't won in 45, wait, 55 years now? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 55. Yeah. I always love going for Canadian hockey and teams, too, apart from my own team. I, I just, there's something about it. I'm going what's for the, the Oilers, what's too. The Canadian, what's the Canadian drought? Because that's another thing, too, isn't it? Like, there hasn't been a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup in, in a, a very long time. Yeah. Check it out. Let's see who finds it first. <laughs> I did not I started 1992. Laughing. I started laughing about this the, the the competition of trying to get it first. So then I forgot what I was typing and all I put in was when was the last time a Stanley Cup? And that was it. LOL. Um the last time so a Stanley Cup champion last time a Stanley Cup champion was Canadian was the 92-93 season and that's the last time the Canadians won um, so it's been you know it's been a good thir- 40 years right no 30 years 30, 30 years yeah <laughs> and just the years keep going and I keep getting older and I don't know how old I am anymore um, yikes okay so let's move on uh, we're excited we'll keep you posted on the NHL action um, you, did, you did say earlier on the episode we're going to talk about life I did. And that was life. You age and you die and and the years keep going and you're like, wow, 92 was farther away than 62 is. It's Uh, crazy. That was my birth year. So let's let's not talk down on 92. I'm not talking down. 92 is a great year. 92 is a great year. It's the year we got Matthew Phillips, formerly the artist formerly known as. Uh, He's doing a pose you guys can't see. It's probably for the better. (laughs) Uh, Right. Got my Dwayne Wade jersey on. Yeah. Let's. Well, before we go to NBA, let's check in on soccer because I want to end on NBA because it is a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, quick check in on international soccer. After we lambasted Everton last episode, they come in with a win over Chelsea. Now they're two points from safety with a game in hand. Are they? Are they like totally on their way to safety now, or are they? Are we? Is that an overreaction? <laughs> I still worry about them because like they have been inconsistent and like there's been times where they like even that. Liverpool game, they did look like they, they played well, uh, especially before that first goal. Like they, they were giving Liverpool a, a solid, solid match. Um, but I, it's just hard. I think like there was no reason for us to have any faith in them beating Chelsea. It's a huge win, even more so with, you know, with Frank Lampard as the manager. 
I think at the time, like last week, we would have been like, it was 70, 80% that they were going to go down. But that's a, such a big win. I think now it's closer to like 50, 50, maybe 60, 40 in there, or 46, I, 60, 40 in their odds of, of not going down. Because Leeds also is, is looking real bad. Like I think Bur- like Burnley should feel safe. I think they're playing enough good soccer and, and their schedule's not horrible, horrible to end where they, where they can find some points and keep themselves up. But Leeds has been playing really bad, so uh, it, they might not be able to find any points. And, and if Everton's able to, just, you know, squeak out a little bit, I think. The, and, and I mean, you beat a team like Chelsea. You have. There's also something to be said for just the confidence of your team. Like I, I think that they had to be feeling quite down in the dressing room, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, and now the spirit has to be, yeah, we can do this. Like we just beat the defending European champions. We got it done. Like, let, let's roll. They're not, they have no one else tougher than Chelsea did to finish their season with. So uh, they should feel confident, I think. Yeah, I disagree. Arsenal's better than Chelsea right now. And they have still, they have still have to play Arsenal. I, I, I forgot they're playing Arsenal. I would agree. I, I, I think Arsenal is better than Chelsea right now. Right. But I agree because, like, you look at the end of these schedules. Leeds has three games. They're gotten there. You, you, you expect unless they do what Everton did and grab points against Chelsea, they're going to lose to Chelsea. They're going to lose to Arsenal, especially since those two teams are in a third, fourth, fifth running. So they need to win those teams. It's not like they are set where they are. Um, they're fighting for Champions League spots there. So you expect they're going to lose there. Their last game is against Brentford. So that's one win for them. But you have Everton also playing Brentford. So you expect them to win against Brentford. And they have four games, and yeah, you expect they're going to lose against Arsenal, but they also play Crystal Palace. And so we're in a Ted Lasso situation where now you have Crystal Palace. And what are you going to do against Crystal Palace? Maybe you lose 4-0, but maybe you win. Crystal maybe Palace. you win. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, I just, all, all things aside, with the game in hand... I agree. Leeds isn't playing well enough, and their schedule isn't easy enough. Where I think, like, that, any of like Leeds, like, I, should Leeds feel confident that they're going to beat Brentford? Yeah, it's fair. Uh, I, yeah. Like, I would like Brentford's fought, playing better soccer right now. Like, from the like, normally you'd be like, yeah, Leeds should get three points. Like, they should at least get a point at worst. But like, they're not playing well at all. And, and Brentford, as limited as they are, they they at least have found their identity and keep themselves up. Right. A hundred percent. And like, there's something to be said that Chelsea hasn't has won one game in their last four. So like, fair enough, Chelsea's on a little bit of a decline. But like, even with Chelsea playing bad, we expected Everton to not really have any points to make up and they made up. So from there, you know, I do I do I do kind of am I'm in Everton's corner. And like, let me just say that is what is beautiful on the Two Beers Please podcast we can be hating on you one week and we're in your corner the next. And and that's where our Frank Lampard. Good for you for getting three points in in uh in in against your old old boys, because now you're gonna you're gonna be safe. And uh no, I didn't expect that last week, so you know what are you gonna say? No, I mean like there was like I we have we have nothing to apologize for for doubting them. They were not playing well at all, but they went and they got it down against a, a show like very fair point. Chelsea's not been near as as, as strong as, as they've looked at times. There's been some cracks in them recently, uh, but but still a, a strong Chelsea team. And and like yeah, Chelsea's had some cracks in them. So is Everton. So it, it's a it's a huge huge result. And and now they, if anything, they've we didn't create the narrative around them. We're just telling you what it is. And and they've gone out there and they've changed it. So good for them. Yeah, listen. If you ever want to shut me and Matt up, which which we we give you is a hard thing to do. Go in, go in, and we will shut up immediately. Immediately, we will shut up. You win, you win games. You show up. Hey, shut, go hey. ahead, shut me up. We'll, we'll say when when we were. But I don't think we were wrong. Like Everton wasn't no. playing well. There was no reason to think they would get three points there. Like like I don't even think we get one. You know, so it, it it was a big big result. But now they they can. And, and like I said, too, with the game in hand, they do control their own destiny. Like, Right. And Leeds, if you're listening to this, you go beat Chelsea, and then we'll also yeah. shut up. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, let, we're asking to be shut up. Me and Matt would like I, nothing I, else. I always will celebrate a Chelsea defeat. Listen, cheers to that. Uh, I, I have to update you guys. This beer is amazing. I have to... I, I, I have drank this beer before, but this beer... 
it's so good so so good i feel like i am on a yacht right now and i'm just enjoying some sports talk in the sun and i'm not on a yacht i'm in brooklyn we should do an episode from a yacht i next one maybe you know i'll borrow the the budget yeah i think so (laughs) the budget um (laughs) we just go we just go on like the staten island ferry and are like doing the recording while people are also riding it yeah i think that's great from a yacht you know, we would have a lot of people ch- chiming in from the Staten Island yeah. ferry. We'll just do an episode solely about the Giants and Jets and see who listens. You get a lot of a lot of opinions. I guess probably. Um, in terms of the Premier League, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, all of a sudden see themselves in a dogfight for third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, you know, who do you see kind of being able to grab the third and fourth spots? Who do you think is going to be left in fifth right now? You have Chelsea above, but Arsenal's been playing so good. Chelsea's been playing so poor. Tottenham's still in the mix. They've, they've been up and down. Uh, who do you say? How do you think those three teams finish at the end of the year with, with a couple of games to go? Yeah, I mean, it is an exciting race. I, I, I do. I mean, we'll get this answer pretty quickly uh, next week when Tottenham and Arsenal play um, at, at Tottenham as well. Arsenal can, can I think, knock Tottenham completely out of the discussion of the Champions League with a win there. And I, I do think Tottenham's going to go fifth, so then you go fourth and, and third between Arsenal and Chelsea. I think Arsenal has a, has a strong chance to, to beat Chelsea. They do uh, um, uh, have a, a favorable schedule themselves, but so does Chelsea. Like Chelsea, as much as they haven't played all that well, it's at Leeds, who's playing worse, Leicester, and Watford, uh, and Wolves. So... The schedule is so, so easy for Chelsea that with three points left, I, I just don't see Arsenal being able to make up enough of that gap. But I, so I, I think it's going to stay exactly as is Chelsea third, Arsenal fourth and Spurs fifth. I agree. I think Tottenham is going to get knocked out in that game. I think they are. I think, uh, you know, you can't Arsenal's tell me that well. they are. And you can't tell me a team like with with Antonio Conte literally trying to run out the door as fast as possible is going to all of a sudden sneak into a Champions League place. You can't tell me that's going to happen, especially with two teams above him that are, you know, markedly better. Um, Maybe. But like he's been actively been like, we don't have a team. I don't know. Like our team sucks. So like, (laughs) why should I believe it? Our team sucks. (laughs) I mean, he hasn't said that in so many words. No, but he has. He, but like, like he, he basically he has. has. Um, yeah, no. So I think Tottenham last is wearing greens there. I'm actually switching them. I think Arsenal is going to finish third here. Chelsea's been playing so poorly. And, you know, I agree that their schedule is is easy to, to end the it's season. It's so easy. I agree. But I can see like a draw. I'm not saying losses, but I can see like a draw happening. And I don't see Arsenal dropping many more points. So, you know, I know it's only three points, but I think, you know, they, they draw one of those and all of a sudden it's a close one. So I I I see what you're saying. But I, just I, just, don't, I, I mean, I, I agree with you where Chelsea drops points like that. I just don't know if they're going to drop points twice because I think with the three points and that schedule, I think they'll. What's the goal differential right now? Like what's like if they were tied on points, Chelsea's got to beat by a lot. Thirty nine for Chelsea, thirteen for Arsenal. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I'm still gonna ride the Arsenal train because because I love. I I hope Arsenal can do it, and I think like who's playing well right now, like Arsenal, just like if Chelsea had just like any sort, because even Leicester, the way they're playing, you're like, yeah, I I have no faith that you're gonna. The schedules. I hope. I hope Arsenal does it. I'm cheering for them. Certainly. There you go. We're Gunners fans to the end here. Uh, Real Madrid, La Liga champions. Congratulations to Carlo Ancelotti, the first to win a title in all five of the big European leagues. Uh, I, my first question for you is, uh, where does Carlo Ancelotti rank among active coaches? Like, I have two guys that I think we both rank above him, but are there any more? Uh, I mean... I- it's tough because like we did talk about it and I'm a, I'm a big Carlo Ancelotti fan. And I like, even just like doing some le- like research of like, oh, what is, what, what do other, like, what do people around the soccer world kind of think on this? Cause like I kept my own opinion, but I like, you kind of just do that. And, and ju- I saw someone say had like Ragnick and Steven G CBG and even like Marco Biesla in front of Ancelotti. And I was like, are you kidding me? I think I would go. I mean, I, I think, I think Klopp is to me the best right now. I think it probably actually is Pep, but I'm never going to give him that credit. And then Pep, I, I do. I think like if you had that, if you asked me, like I think the question too is like who would I 
pick to, to manage my team. I'm going Pep, Jurgen. I'm going Tuchel. And this is just club-wise. I, I was thinking maybe Unai Emery and Diego Simeone, but I think I have to go Ancelotti. And I think I would take Ancelotti. I'll, I'll put him fourth. He's like, I know, like we said, he's had, he's been at great clubs. Like the guy should win, but just because you're at a great club, you don't always win. We've seen Predators not do that. So he, he, he does get it done. So yeah, I'm going to give him four. Jan. Okay. I'm also giving him fourth uh, in a different way though. So I have Klopp first too. I don't even think it's unfair. I think Klopp is the better coach. I think Guardiola benefits from having Man City money. I'm sorry. Like I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him that knock. I am because they're very close in coaching ability and I'm going to give him that knock. There's also a lot coaching is there's a lot of like elements to coaching. And I think, I think Pep's a great tactician. I like, I think that his brain of it is all great, but I think, Klopp's impact on his team in that, you know, more getting it done, like, you know, motivating and all that sense, I, I think is is where I do give him the edge. Well, and like, I know this doesn't matter, but like, again, hearkening back to Ted Lasso, the return of the Ted Lasso is this is this episode is going to be called um, is is that, you know, when you're when you're looking for someone who cares about his players. I think that's Klopp. Klopp cares about yeah. his players so much and like truthfully sure. is like so invested in how his team plays to the point where his wife literally he extended his contract the other day and his wife was saying like, how can you leave this? This isn't like your job. This is your life. Like you can't leave this job. It's your life, you know, and and, and there's and some- like I don't. I wouldn't even say there's a knock to like pet there because like, no, I, I think pet probably, I, I think pet probably does as well. It's more like that's part of who Klopp is and who he is as a manager. And it, it makes him a great, it's part of what makes him such a great man. Cause like, yeah, you, like he's so invested. Right. I'm mad because I want him to coach Germany so bad. I hope one day I so hope, but, uh, but maybe a little further down the line, he will. Um, so that it's Klopp and then Guardiola. And then it's Diego Simeone for me. I just think, I don't know what I don't know what Atletico Madrid would be without Diego Simeone because that kind of energy and 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 like I've never seen a team embody a manager's personality as much as a team as Atletico Madrid embodies who Diego Simeone is. Like I he think is I'm a just dog for this year. Of course, yeah, that's fair. That's you I'm know. punishing him, but I think but I think I Simeone is like what he's done at Atletico is so impressive. Right. And then I'm putting Ancelotti after that. I'm putting him slightly above Tuchel. I like Tuchel. However, I think he handles transfers and new players a little poorly. I don't really know what he's doing with Pulisic and Werner most of the time. I think that he has he has the syndrome. It happened at Dortmund, too, uh, where he takes a lot to impress. And then he, like, sticks with players for a long time once they have his confidence. And I don't always think that that is a good way of dealing with things you know what i mean and it's like could he go back to lukaku any time he could but he's not going to ever because he's like you've you know fooled me once you're dead to me and it's like i don't know if that's the best way of coaching all the time and pulisic has been doing great for them but he's basically like their super sub because he refuses to be start him and so i i kind of hold that against him so ancelotti for me number four and like you know i don't i don't think there's any coach more deserving you know that that's had a longer career and like success rate as Ancelotti to to have this honor of being the first to win all five so congrats to Carlo I mean really I mean really just like I have nothing else to say so hats off to him um winning La Liga with Real Madrid and we can you know knock him too for his time at Everton but I mean shoot from their season this year maybe what he did there was was more impressive than, than we realized yeah and, uh, you know, he was still like, he's still a manager that was like impressive enough where we all was like, yeah, we're, we're going to take you on. And they've been incredible this year. They won La Liga and they've got, they've got, a, a, you know, a huge battle in front of them in that second leg, but they're in a position to, to win it. Um, and, and they've been, I think somewhat, it's, it's kind of surprising to say that Real Madrid's like run in the champions league feels surprising, but, but it does to me this year. 
Yeah, I mean, what other team can get scored on four times by Man City and say they have a chance in the second leg? I mean, for real, no other team, no other team could do that. Like every time they went down, for some reason, you were just like, they're going to they're going to they're going to get another one. They are. Right. And it's Ancelotti and it's, of course, Karim Benzema. So are you thinking Real Madrid are favorites to repeat in the La Liga title next year? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think I think there's still, you know, Barcelona, as we've seen, uh, you know, they had that that first kind of spurt when, when Xavi first took over. And, and that happens a lot sometimes uh, when a new manager comes in, just that new energy. And and I'm not worried about Barcelona, but I, more point. My point is they've kind of come down to earth and I, I think there's still questions about them. We'll see what they do in the transfer window. Uh, they could have, you know, a very successful one where uh, a couple of big moves makes them, a, 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 you know, a much more impressive team. Um, but I, I think there's still questions there at Letico just this, this whole season, I, I I've got no faith in them to be much of a challenger. And honestly, like, I mean, like kind of harping back to what I, I said with this Champions League run feeling somewhat surprising, even though it's Real Madrid is because this season to me felt like more of a, of, of a rebuilding year kind of for, for real. Like it, it, it felt like a year that they were, obviously they're going to try to win things, but it, it kind of a holdover year because it, I think we'd all be shocked if, if Killian Mbappe isn't playing for them next year. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, the, if they don't make another big move for, for, you know, a, a world-class player or, or a couple, you know, impactful players. Um, so I, I think the roster is going to be better next year. Yeah. I just had a premonition. I'm going to tell you my premonition right now, Matt. I'm going to tell you, I was, I'm, I'm one with the force right now. And I had a premonition Real Madrid makes a trade with Bayern Munich, sends Tony Cruz back to Munich and gets Robert Lewandowski uh, with a lot of money in return. That is my premonition that I just had. I don't know. I saw it and it happened and uh, I'm okay with do you it. Think, do you think, do you think Benzema and, and Lewandowski can play together? No, but maybe we get Benzema too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I only asked, I only asked that because then I would, I just want to know where Benzema would go. Yeah. That'd be fine. I like big moves. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Maybe you. I like I when mean, big moves make other big moves. Like you'd be like, well, now Bizma has to go. So like, I like when there's that that sudden domino effect with transfers. Yeah. So maybe Real Madrid sends Benzema to Bayern, who trades Benzema for Havertz and Lukaku, and then they send Lewandowski. Oh, give Benzema. Give Benzema to us. Well, you can have all of our players. Yo, Benzema is Eric Cantona 2.0, so I think that would be a yeah. great move. I think that'd be a great move. Um, but yeah, okay, I agree. Because, you know, Atletico hasn't figured out consistency yet, and Barcelona has a lot to figure out still under Xavi, so I think they have to be the clear favorite. Where do you rank them in Europe, would you say? Like, I, for me, like, as much as you can give them credit for that 4-3 classic match their defense can be very bad <laughs> like they can just yeah. be, disappear at times so i'm not ranking them you know one or two um but for me i'll give you my rankings right now and it's kind of similar to my coach rankings liverpool is number one for me man city number two and then at three i have a three-way tie and i think that real madrid has earned a spot in this three-way tie and i think it's between bayern psg and real madrid because I think the three of them have the same problem. They have a lot of great offensive players, but they're very inconsistent in the defense. And if their offense doesn't score, they're, they're screwed. They just have no way of, of really holding it together. They can get scored four or five on them if they need. So I think all of those teams kind of have the same problem. Uh, are you in agreement? Do you think Real Madrid deserves to be ranked higher than that? I mean, I think they do just by the, the results we've seen on the, I mean, I get the argument of like, they're, they're I, and I think if you're like grouping teams together, I think they are very similar, but Real beat PSG. They've gotten further in this competition than, than Bayern. Um, so even with their deficiencies, they, this team, for some reason, and I, th- I think a lot of it is the incredible play of Kareem Benzema, Benzema and Vinicius Jr. kind of reaching those heights that, that Real was hoping for when they made that transfer those two are playing at, at such a world-class level that I do think that they deserve the edge over Bayern and PSG. And, and then I give Bayern uh, the edge over PSG right now, just because I, I, there's no, I, I PSG super talented, but there's no reason for me to believe they're, they're anywhere near Like they, again, I'm just going by what I see in PSG. Yeah. Can't hang. I mean, listen, 
I have one question to ask after that statement. So, fair enough. Real Madrid first. Bayern or PSG fourth or fifth? Bayern, Bayern fourth for sure. Okay, that's great. That's yeah. great. I don't even think it's. I don't like. That's not even a question to me. Okay, cool. Love to hear it. Uh, I was about to have a good line ready for you. Could you could you say PSG is better? Just just so I can say it. PSG is better. You were supposed to be the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> worth it worth, worth it. it thank you uh nba playoffs let's let's move on um because soccer season is rolling out but nba playoffs continues to roll on um the celtics swept the nets in their opening series uh you know but then they get crushed in the first game by the bucks on home court um so are you worried about boston's chances over the reigning champs and Giannis? <laughs> I, I am, and I mean, and I, I think I don't think just because of that game, but I think you know, I think Boston still has has a chance in, in this series. They are such a smart defensive team that that I think if there's a team and versatile defensively, that I think if there's a team that that would be able to at least start giving the Bucks a little bit more of a challenge on that that offensive side of the ball, it would be them. But it, it kind of goes back to what's always hurt Boston, and it's just kind of that lack of size, like. It, Rick Lopez is so big down there, and Giannis is. We've said it before; like he, he moves around differently, but he, he's a modern day Shaq uh, with his ability to just overpower people and, and and bully you down low to get easy dunks and and layups. So I I think I think the worry mostly with for for Boston is they may be in front of an unstoppable force in in Giannis. It, it feels like, especially after that playoff run. I think the way that he's approaching the game right now, he, he's so confident and, and, and calm and relaxed that it, it's, it's getting to that point where it was like, there, there were times where no matter what you did, you weren't going to stop LeBron or Kobe or, or Shaq or Jordan. I think Giannis is, is at least close to that level. And, and that's sometimes, sometimes there's nothing you can do when, when a player's playing like that. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I'm also very worried, and it's really not because of that game. It's really for the matchup for me. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I think we have to win tonight. If we don't win tonight, I don't see I don't see it any way. That oh, without can, a doubt. With like this is must must win. This is this is this is avoid getting swept time because it's going to be hard to grab grab one away in Milwaukee regardless. And we just don't match up well with their size. You know, our defense is really good, but it's not built for size like the like the Milwaukee Bucks have. You know, Marcus Smart also not at 100 percent after that injury in the first game. So lots of questions. You know, Jason Tatum could take over tonight and it's one and one and going to Milwaukee I give us every chance to have an opportunity, but um, it, it is dire straits really early on, which is not where you want to be. So uh, I, I just think the matchup isn't great. And that showed in the first game already for that to show it, it, it makes it hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's not even so much of, of like the scoreline of much of just like how the bucks were doing it. It was as, as the game went on, because uh, Boston played well, Boston didn't play that well. They, they shot pretty poorly. So, so I think that has, has, but I think again, actually that probably goes back to what I'm saying where it wasn't so much the scoreline of it was how Milwaukee was doing it, where as the game went on, you, you just kind of felt like Milwaukee was going to keep on wearing it down and, and be able to kind of get easier looks and, and, and was going to just win over after 48 minutes. So yeah, tonight, tonight's a must win. I agree. If they win tonight, that, even though it's one, one going the next two at Milwaukee, I, th- I think they have every chance, but I, I don't know the percentages of teams to lose the first two games in a seven game series and going on to win, but I can't imagine it's, it's high. Can't be that good. Um, if the three has never happened, then the two <laughs> must be close behind. Uh, yeah. I, I think also, I think also has something else to be said about how Giannis played because Giannis was dominant, but he had his worst shooting day that he's going to have in this series. So, like, Giannis is only going to shoot better. So, what does that say about the chance that Boston has if on Giannis's worst shooting day they weren't close? You know that that right. that scares you. And granted, Boston shot also poorly, and maybe it was their worst shooting game too. But um, it felt like the Giannis factor 
at the same time was important, but also wasn't the reason they necessarily got blown out. So I think that um, it's it's very dire straits for the Celtics, and I'm hoping they can win tonight, um, and that will change the narrative, but they really have to change the narrative. I mean, Ime Odoka really has to show that he's got good coaching skills here and, and, and change tactics in order to better match up because otherwise it's not going to be close and we might get swept i mean it could happen very easily um warriors uh they sent Jokic home in five without a second glance but um you know they they barely hung on in game one over ja and the grizzlies so you know they win by one point you know people were questioning whether the grizzlies i mean you said earlier how strong is the grizzlies as the second seed uh do you think they maybe get pushed to seven games against memphis yeah, I think there's I think there's a good chance. I like the fact that the Jokic series went five games at all was <laughs> impressive. The the Nuggets being the sixth seed was was a hell I like it, you're not as uh, MVP candidate as a sixth seed unless you're doing a lot for your team to succeed and you're making up for a lot of shortcomings. So once the playoffs come, those shortcomings I think become even more I mean it's just teams are gonna attack your your weaknesses tenfold because it's it's go time um so that one wasn't too surprising i, I thought it was it, i think it's always str- solid to get a win on the road in a series no matter what to me the game said more because we, we, we are you know I, I think memphis is on the way to being you know a, a perennial nba championship contender the question is are, are they there this year even as the two seed and in that game that end of the game the warriors made championship caliber and pedigree plays and, and the Grizzlies looked like a team that that didn't exactly know how to do that play wise and coaching wise I, I thought so I think that's what it's going to come down to in, in this series I think they could get pushed seven seven games but I think, I think the Warriors are playing really really well and, and again I, I just think that this second game again will obviously be a, a must win for them you, you can't you can't lose your first two games at, at home and expect to win a seven game series that saying that's a must win is, is, you know, as obvious as it gets. But I I think we need to also see like how the Grizzlies respond in this game. uh, If they do, if they are able to win, Um, because otherwise I also could see the Warriors kind of making mincemeat of them. Yeah. I just, I don't see them getting pushed seven games against the Grizzlies. I agree. They're going to be a perennial contender in the West. I just don't think it's yet. And I think that, Yep. Let's say six games will happen because they the Grizzlies put together two great games and beat them. But, you know, it's not even about Steph and Draymond and Clay who have this pedigree and who have this, you know, experience and this level of play. It's about the Jordan Poole effect, you know, him playing like he is alongside Curry off the bench. You know, it's going to be tough to keep up with these all-time, you know, playoff contenders that have been to the playoffs so many times and have been in that situation and a player like Jordan Poole stepping up at the right time. Um, not that he didn't step up earlier, but he's really playing well, scored 31 points in that first game. Right. It's going to be tough to keep up. I think, you know, for three games, let alone two, um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Credit, I, I think it's a credit to the championship pedigree they had, you know? Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. They, they put together a great team there and, uh, with Wiggins too. And, and, uh, with uh, the glove redo over there, um, you know, I think uh, they have a great team. And so I, it has nothing to do with Memphis. Memphis just hasn't arrived as the as the team to beat. And and the Warriors are that. Team. Warriors just look good. Like the, the Warriors are like they're hitting on all. Like I, I've said my my own doubts of like, I, I think they need to be hitting on all cylinders to like really be a contender. But right now they are. And. and the playoffs are, you know, a season in themselves, but it's not the, you know, the, the longest season in in the world. Um, so as long as you're you're playing your best ball in in this span, which it kind of seems like they are right now, then you've got a chance to make a run, and especially when we it's a team that has, you know, multiple rings. Right. Exactly. You know, and so I, I think we're in the same place. But I mean, it would be crazy if if you saw a situation where the Grizzlies are one game from knocking them out. Um, but I think they would have to push in the game seven. I don't see the Warriors being eliminated in any other way. Uh, this and I think and I think the group like I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if the Grizzlies did it. Yeah. But it, it's it's we're going to have to see some growth from them in this series. Like it's going to have to happen over these next six games. 
Right, 100%. We could see an evolution here. It could happen in this series, but uh, has yet to happen, so we can only assume uh, what we can from here. Uh, the Suns needed a vintage Chris Paul to get past a really tough Pelican side, for sure. Um, they're in the second round now. Luka Doncic scores 45 points, and, and they still can't... Uh, they still can't... They still can't beat them, the Suns. They're so, so good. So, uh, you know, there were some questions about Devin Booker's injury. You know, how much was that going to affect them? It didn't, it does, has not affected them in game one, does not look like it will affect them moving forward. So, do you think, um, do you think Luca and Jalen Brunson will have enough juice to even compete with the Suns? No, I don't. I mean, I, I think the, the Mavericks played really, really well in that first series, but. We also talked a lot about how the Jazz were were not playing all that well themselves, and and you know kind of opened themselves to losing that uh, to losing like that. You, I mean, Devin Booker came back last night, nine rebounds, eight assists. I also just think against the Mavericks, the Mavericks are, are a team where DeAndre Ayton, he as like he kind of is the third fiddle, but but it it really is like they kind of are a big three with him and, and Chris Paul. And Devin Booker, DeAndre, I, I think, doesn't sometimes get the love that he deserves. We saw last night, 25 points. Uh, and, and again, like I said, with against the Mavericks, I think he can really take advantage. Um, and, and, you know, getting that pick and roll game with Book or or CP3. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I, the Mavericks have a great offensive game. I, I'm just not sure they're ever going to defensively be able to hold the Suns back. Yeah. I Do you see a sweep? I mean, if they didn't nah, get it with they'll, 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 get, they'll get one. They'll get one, and they'll get one in Dallas. The supporting cast will, will shoot well, and they'll they'll get one in Dallas. It'll be it'll be five. No, I think sweep. I'm going sweep. I'm going sweep. I think if Luca can like score forty five like and they can't make it, I just don't see it happening. Um, and I think it's what you said. You know, it's not even they have a big three. They definitely do with Aiton and CP three and Booker. And granted, not all three hit on all cylinders, but I think. Each of them can take advantage of a certain matchup, and they do that really well, depending on what team they're playing and what tactics the other team is implementing. And uh, apart from that, they have a lot of great contributors on the side. You know, they have Mikel Bridges, who scored well as well as defended well last night, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that uh, they just have too much from a Mavericks team that is happy to be here. Uh, you think about it, right? We we talked about how well Jalen Brunson played and how, you know, Luca's back and better, you know, as as he usually is. They still didn't beat that Jazz team by much and that Jazz team was not good. So, you know, I think uh there's something to be said about that as well. If it was a team that was really going to contest the Suns, I think they would have made easier easier work of the of the Jazz even with a Luca injury uh starting out. Um but there was a reason it was close is because they're not that much better. So I'm going to go with a sweep. I think the Suns are a good team. And, uh, you know, the Mavs still have a couple pieces missing, I think, before they can compete with that kind of team. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and the last one we're going to talk about the 76ers, right? They had that 3-0 lead. Raptors grabbed two back. The sky was falling. They they obviously Embiid. Uh, <laughs> Embiid knocked Could it out. Could you imagine if Doc Rivers... Was the head coach of the first 3-0 collapse? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I totally can. I totally can because it's Doc Rivers. Uh, That's I, what he uh, likes to do in the playoffs. That is, I mean, it would be apt if if that is what uh, is that if that is what happens. So, yeah, I I didn't think it was going to happen because this Raptors team is also not like was not playing like I thought they were going to upset like win four straight, but. Uh, you know, Embiid puts his mark and, and gets them past and then, you know, has that orbital fracture. He's going to be absent for most of the series, if not all of the series. Uh, you know, is Embiid's absence a, re- a recipe for the 76ers to just get swept by Miami? Or do you think Harden can yes. kind of tap in? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't I don't even see like. I mean, we're not going to see vintage, or you know, the, we're not going to see the James Harden that could single-handedly like win this series because I think you know maybe the Houston James Harden probably, he might be able to, especially with the supporting cast. He was able to move the ball like he could maybe do it, but we're not going to see that. Um, and and even with that, it, it would be a pretty uphill climb. The Sixers, I think, if if Joel can just miss the first two, 
because luckily for them, the first two are on the road. So, you know, as a four seed going down 2-0 on the road, it, it's not the end of the world. You, you still have the next two at your place. You can come back. So if he can come back game three, I think they have a chance. Otherwise, I think they have no chance. Yeah. So you think swept if he doesn't come back? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think for them to win without Embiid, Harden would have to average 25 points per game from here on out, and the rest of their players would have to play super well every game. And I mean, Maxi would have to be dropping 30, 30 points. I think Tob- Tobias Harris would have to be hitting 20 plus. It, it, they, like all of those guys w- will have to step up, and, and I, maybe they could. But but the thing too is like I think this is a horrible matchup for that because like. This 76ers team, and 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 not even just like I'm not trying to knock on James Harden, just for the, the sheer fact of James Harden hasn't been here all that long. He is kind of it can be a tough guy to play with. Now you're missing your your best player that you've been focused on all year, and you're playing maybe the most just the best most cohesive team in the NBA. So like that just sheer fact of like the, the, this Heat team is so together and so in sync and locked in on what the goal is and what the game plan is every single night. And, and the Sixers don't feel that way makes it seem like it would be such it'll be such an uphill climb without Embiid. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that uh, and just like, yeah, just to all these bench players to step up simultaneously and Harden to rediscover his form just feels like a pipe dream. You know, like if they were going to do that. You right. would you would have seen that team finish first, <laughs> you know. We would talk, be talking about them as the number one seed if that's how all their players were playing. But that's just like not true. Um, and we saw it in game one. Harden just struggle in ISO. In ISO, he he used to score thirty eight points in ISO a game easily, and now it's like he can't even score twenty. So it's like I, I don't know what you expect from them. I agree. I think we're going to see two sweeps. I think we're going to see the Suns sweep the. Um, the Suns sweep the Mavs, and I think we're going to see the Heat sweep the Suns. Both 76. one seed sweep Both through. ones, yeah, I think so. I think the Celtics will grab one, even if it's not tonight. And I think the uh, I think the Grizzlies will grab one. But I, I, I see those two as sweeps. And uh, the four, I mean, it's it's so early in all four series, but it does feel just the, the way those first games went for all four of them. The, the Warriors, Bucks, Heat, and Suns. You, you just feel very confident that over seven games they're they're gonna probably before seven games but over a seven game series they will at some point win four you know and and hopefully like they're they all still stay competitive um but those teams just look they look good they look strong yeah i have another question which is which isn't on the outline so you know feel free to riff off this one but i'm just interested what do, what is this playoffs told to you about the future of the nba where it's headed because you have a lot of teams that have been good for a couple years now you know the celtics suns and you have the bucks and you have the um mm, who am i missing but you know you have a couple teams and you have these younger teams too warriors are back warriors are back and you have like the grizzlies and you have the, the Heat have been consistent now, kind of with a, a couple young players, too. You know, are we just going to see continuously new champion after new champion? Or or are you expecting another dynasty to, to pop up anytime soon? Uh, I, I feel far more like the former than than the latter. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think there's going to be so much parity, so so many new. I mean, you might get a team that that you know wins two and three years, or or goes back to the to, to the finals. Uh, I mean, I think there's a great chance the Bucks go back to the finals. But like, if you know, if you told me, hey, you have to bet money on somebody right now to to win the championship, I'd probably go with the Suns, um, and, and it'd be you know the fifth new champion uh, that we've had, and and or like in a row, just like different champion that we've had in a row, which we haven't seen like even that amount of parity hasn't been seen all that much in the last have almost ever in the NBA. Like the NBA is, has always been just defined by dynasties or, or at least just like a, a few teams winning the championships. Um, and, and it feels like it, it's going to be, it, it, it just feels like there's, there's no one because everyone else is so, so like they're, they're all just so good that, that the ability to, to get that, that bump where you're able to win it every single year seems unlikely. 
Yeah, I agree. I I agree, and I love it. I love it. I love yeah, it. it. Freaking like I I have never been more excited about where the NBA is headed. Like as, as an NBA fan for a long, long time, never been more excited about where the NBA is heading. Love it. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna move into the quick fire questions. It is time, Matthew. I'm gonna ask you to put your thinking cap on for these questions. So uh, be ready. The first one has to do with the NBA. Let's say Giannis gets past the Celtics, boom. Gets past the Heat, boom. Gets past the Suns or whoever ends up in the West, boom. He wins another title. He is the reason. Among his kind of position, where do you rank him all time then? Oh, I don't know. I mean, where do you list Giannis? Power forward, center? I guess I, I would I would probably think of him more as I, – I think – in the traditional sense of the position, I, I would think of him mostly as a power forward. And, and I think he could, for me, Tim Duncan's the best power forward of all time. And and I think I, you know, Carl Malone's right there. I, I think I would maybe put Giannis already at like number two. And I, and I think would have a very good chance of, of, of passing Tim Duncan just because I, I love Tim Duncan and, and he is, I, I think, the most underrated athlete of all time. But as I kind of said earlier, but about just talking about the Celtic series, it, Giannis is, is, it seems like he's getting to a level where, like, even though I think the Bucks might not win every single title, I, I think they're always going to be right there because Giannis seems somewhat un, like unstoppable. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So auxiliary question. Uh, this is kind of a surprise. Let's say power forward, you're now at two. If you were to say he was a center, where would you rank him? Uh, that one's tougher just because so many centers have so like, I, I don't think yet I could put him check to me as my best center of all time, but, but I don't think you could put him in front of Kareem yet. I don't think you could put him in front of Will or Bill. Um, who I, I mean, the, the, the great, great centers in, in the game are a long, long list. He certainly would be in the top 10, probably top eight, maybe, maybe, top, maybe top five, but ah, it's tough. Yeah, I love asking questions where Matt looks pained. It's my favorite thing, actually, to do. It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. It really is. I like it. <laughs> because I'm always too, like, I, like yes, I think there's something to be said for accolades. But the modern game is, is like, uh, George Mikan was a great center, but I, I'm pretty confident right now that Giannis is a better basketball player than George Mikan. I, you know, um, but but the centers, since they, they you know their size and a lot of those guys are so athletic, I think a lot of them would still be like Bill Russell, Chamberlain. Those guys would still be great. Maybe top maybe top five. I think he enters the top five discussion. Let's say that. Okay, enters the top five. I like that. Um, <laughs> all right. So th- these next two questions kind of play into each other. I'll ask you e- easier one first. There is a team. Hakeem. That's the last center. I knew I was missing one center. I was disrespecting. Oh, there you go. No, no, I'm glad you I'm glad you threw it out there because that would have been disrespectful. You're right. Um, so let's say there's a team that made the playoffs last year that's going to miss the playoffs. Which team is that? Which team am I talking about that made the playoffs last year and is going to miss the playoffs this year? From the NBA? From the NFL. Sorry, I should have said oh, okay. that in my head that was clear. The NFL, because the NBA is so hard because there's like eight seeds and it, it can, it can, there's the play in, you know, there's so much stuff going on. There's only, hey, I'm not that really, I'm fine. I'm fine with it being the, the, uh, easier question. I just, just wanted to clarify. Oh, all right. Uh, NFL playoffs. I, I don't think Arizona's making it. Arizona. You think that's the team that's not going to make it? Yeah. There's okay. probably a couple, there. like, I, I, I'm not sure Philly will do it. Um, they have, they have seen so, so tough. Like so many teams that, that didn't make it last year are going to have such a good chance this year too, that they're obviously like, I think there's going to be at least like two teams in there, but I, because I want to rag on Arizona even more, I'll say Arizona. Okay, perfect. And what's a team that didn't make the playoffs that is going to make it to the Super Bowl? Chargers. Chargers. Hell yeah, that's a great pick. I didn't, I, I wasn't sure if there's an obvious one. For me, it's like Ravens, Chargers are kind of the two teams I'm looking at there that could make a run. But yeah, Chargers are great. The Chargers, Chargers are also the funnest pick. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
that's fair. Justin Herbert and the crew looking good. All right, Matt, you're off the hot seat. Congratulations. With that, we've entered our Ooh. favorite part of the episode, which is cool down. I shouldn't say that. Every part of the episode's our favorite, but it just felt like a good lead-in um, to Matt's little sound cue. All right, so there's made a couple... me feel good. There you go. Um, there's a couple uh, different Star Wars series new on Disney Plus. And there's a couple old ones, too. So have you watched any of the Star Wars series, the auxiliary ones? And, and, and what did you think? Uh, yes, I haven't. Is, is Obi-Wan out yet? Not yet. I think it's coming out soon. OK. Oh, so then, yeah, I haven't watched that one. But uh, watch Mandalorian. I love Man- Mandalorian. I love I love Boba Fett. I mean, like I, Boba Fett, like Mandalorian, I think, is a, is a better like show. Like sometimes the Boba Fett stuff, I was like, you guys could do a little better writing here. But I just love Boba Fett, so I was like, I'm enjoying myself, whatever. Like, do it up. Um, so yeah, I've liked them. And then I mean I love uh I love the Clone Wars TV show and then the, the Bad Batch, which is like a spinoff of the Clone Wars. Those are those are dope as well. Yeah, I, I haven't I've only watched The Mandalorian, so I'm interested to I was interested to hear your thoughts because I haven't gotten to the other ones yet. But I love The Mandalorian. I thought the first season especially was just so it so rules. good. It ruled it rocked um and so yeah i just wanted to know and it's just so interesting how those series have been so successful given how uh much flack star wars anything gets content gets by the fans i am surprised that most of those series have had have had successful runs um do you have a favorite star wars character i feel like we have the same one we have to have the same one but maybe maybe i'm wrong i mean there are so many Oh yeah, I do. I also um a huge fan of the Star Wars uh, video games. Oh, Star Wars Speed the Speed Racer game ruled. Uh I always love Battlefront. Uh I played the what's the I played um I'm, blank, I'm blanking on it. Blank, Force Unleashed was one, but yeah. then the new one of the new Fallen Order. Like right when the pandemic was like early stages, I went and got an Xbox cuz I just like had had one for a while and I got mm. you got Fallen Order with it for free. I was like, nice. I might as well play it. Like, it's always fun to be a Jedi. That game ruled, but the greatest ever video, like Star Wars video game, and honestly, one of my favorite games ever. It was an N64 game. It was called uh, Shadow Empire. And it was, you were like this bounty hunter and you were helping Luke Skywalker find Leia. She was like kidnapped. It, was, she, it wasn't it was Jabba that kidnapped her, but it was some other, you know, crazy Star Wars guy. And it was between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And it was so much fun. Really? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. But my favorite character was in that. You got to fight Boba Fett. And Boba Fett is my favorite character. I think he's my coolest character of all time. Darth Maul, honorable mention, because he's also super dope. But I I, I fucking love I think Boba Fett's as cool as it gets. There you go. I love Boba Fett, too. And Boba Fett and Darth Maul are two and three for me. Um, I also love Star Wars video games. Lego Star Wars has a particular place in my yeah, heart. Yeah, those are, those are great, too. Those are fun. I had a GameCube Lego Star Wars, um, the all six episodes, and that was just baller. It was oh, so yeah. much fun. Um, so I got to... Lego I gotta, games overall, thumbs up. Yeah, amazing games. Uh, for me, it's got to be Han Solo. I mean, the cowboy of the galaxy. I mean, I, I, I just, uh, I, I love the character so much. And I was like villains um, more, you know? Yeah, I got you. No worries. We all have a, we all have flaws. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Over here. I'm sorry. Uh, no, but Han Solo, some of the best lines, some of the best moments, um, some of the best action. And, and yeah, Harrison Ford, classic characters. They never fail really. And, uh, yeah, so uh, last thing I got to add uh, before we wrap up today's episode, I want to, you know, give our thoughts out to uh, the family and close friends of Mino Raiola, um, one of the best football agents out there for sure. Uh, his list of clients included Erling Holland, Paul Pogba, uh, Marco Verratti, Matthew DeLict, Gianluigi Donnarumma, Ibrahimovic Balotelli back in the day. And, uh, you know, really, really like just you know, redefined the agent game. Uh, he passed away uh, earlier last week. So we, we give our thoughts out to him and uh, you know, his impact on the game definitely won't be forgotten. 
And yeah, yeah. we also I mean like just he like just did like an absolute force in the game of soccer. Mm. And like true, I like I think you could argue like the most important person in club soccer outside of any head coach or player. Um and and his impact on the game has been massive, massive personality and gone far too young. Uh I do I do have to add myself some personal condolences and, and, and say rest in peace to, to Rex Staub, the the father to to my soon to be officially brother in law, but really already already my brother Nick. So uh kind of vaguely mentioned it last episode but wanted to express my condolences and love to Nick and, and his entire family who they at this point in my family. So love you guys and um very sorry for your loss. Yeah, of course. You know, it's always it's always hard to deal with a loss that comes too early. And uh, all you can do is is love the people around you and move forward uh, with the best of intentions. So with that, we say, you know, stay, stay safe. Well wishes. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, we love everybody who comes and tunes in and, and uh, gives us support on this silly little podcast. Uh, we, we, we enjoy doing it. We enjoy doing it for you all. And, um, you know, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Cheers, y'all.